clipboards. Oh my gosh. Hi guys. <laughs> um, so I'm Crystal. For those of you who don't know, um, Stephen, my husband, preached a couple weeks ago and it was amazing. Um, we have two children, Aspen, who just went back with the kids, she's two, and then Juniper, who is sleeping. She's six weeks old now. So, um, I am really nervous. I also am a stander. I'm not a sitter, so I'm not going to use the chair. Closer? Oh, bummer. Okay, here we go. Um, okay, so, um, while I was preparing for this, um, if you can't tell, I am very nervous. Um, and I was having a really hard time figuring out what God wanted me to share for the church. Um, because this is a lot of verses. It's an entire chapter, y'all. So it's going to be a lot. But um, um, but also a lot of my fears and insecurities kind of came out in the last couple of weeks about this, um, along with some tears. I actually cried today as I was trying to like get this in the order that I was hoping would make sense. Um, and so I think with a lot of this fear and insecurities is because I am very passionate about the gospel. I'm really passionate about um, preaching the gospel specifically to believers. Um, and this letter is Paul, who is also very passionate <laughs> um, about this, this gospel. Um, and he... He cares deeply about the people he's writing to, and I care deeply about the people that I'm speaking to right now. And so, um, yeah, so bear with me as I like, go through this. Um, one thing that I realized is that I was afraid that I was going to fail you guys, that I was um, going to put together a sermon that was either not encouraging or was kind of a mess um, or... Um, yeah, that it, that it wouldn't be remembered, that it wouldn't be something that, that the Holy Spirit could work through, which, as I'm saying that, is silly, because the Holy Spirit works through everything. So um, God showed me this afternoon in my cry fest um, that the good news that God has for the church is the same good news that he has for me. And so, um, and that is freedom, my friends. Um, so... I'm going to read this entire chapter to you guys, um, which I should have had up, which I didn't. Whoops. Um, so let me find it real quick. Uh, so if you have your own Bible, go ahead and turn to Galatians chapter 4. Here we go. Here we are. Um, and we'll go through 5.1. So what I'm saying is that as long as the heir is a child, he is no different from a slave, though he owns the whole estate. He is subject to guardians and trustees until the time set by his father. So also, when we were children, we were in slavery under the basic principles of the world. But when the time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive the full rights of sons. 
Because you are sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father. So you are no longer a slave, but a son. And since you are a son, God has made you also an heir. Formerly, when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. But now that you know God, or rather are known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable principles? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? You are observing special days and months and seasons and years. I fear for you that somehow I have wasted my efforts on you. I plead with you, brothers, become like me, for I became like you. You have done me no wrong. As you know, it was because of an illness that I first preached the gospel to you. Even though my illness was a trial to you, you did not treat me with contempt or scorn. Instead, you welcomed me as if I were an angel of God, as if I were Christ Jesus himself. What has happened to all your joy? I can testify that if you could have done so, you would have torn out your eyes and given them to me. Have I now become your enemy by telling you the truth? Those people are zealous to win you over, but for no good. What they want is to alienate you from us so that you may be zealous for them. It is fine to be zealous, provided the purpose is good, and to be so always, not just when I'm with you. My children, for whom I again in, in the pains of childbirth until Christ is formed in you, how I wish I could be with you now and change my tone, because I am perplexed about you. Tell me, you who want to be under the law, are you not aware of what the law says? For it is written that Abraham had two sons, one by the slave woman and the other by the free woman. His son by the slave woman was born in the ordinary way, but his son by the free woman was born as the result of a promise. These things may be taken figuratively, for the women represent two covenants. One covenant is from Mount Sinai and bears children who are to be slaves. This is Hagar. Now Hagar stands for Mount Sinai in Arabia and corresponds to the present city of Jerusalem because she is in slavery with her children. But the Jerusalem that is above is free. And she is our mother. For it is written, Be glad, O barren woman, who bears no children. Break forth and cry aloud, you who have no labor pains. Because more are the children of the desolate woman than of her who has a husband. Now you brothers, like Isaac, are children of promise. At that time, the son born in the ordinary way persecuted the son born by the power of the Spirit. It is the same now. But what does the scripture say? Get rid of the slave woman and her son. For the slave woman's son will never share in the inheritance with the free woman's son. Therefore, brothers, we are not children of the slave woman, but of the free woman. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then, and do not let yourselves be burdened again by a yoke of slavery. That was a lot. <laughs> I'm going to pray for us um, and then get started. Ah, Jesus, thank you so much for... Being here, thank you for being with us. Um, I pray that my words would be your words, that um, the scriptures here today and what I have to share would be encouraging and that, um, yeah, that I would just be confident in the gospel and in the freedom that you have given me as, as for the church as well. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. All right. Yeah. So a couple weeks ago, um, Stephen talked about works of the law versus works of the spirit. Um, that quote, no one who relies on the law is justified before God because the righteous will live by faith. 
Last week, he told me, shared um, how we're all one family in Christ, that we are Abraham's seed and heirs according to the promise. Um, and this promise was given to Abraham and, his, and the Jewish people, but we get that promise um, that no matter who we are, whether we're slave or free, Jew or Gentile, male or female, that we are heirs of that promise. Um, in this section, Paul is expanding on these truths. So it kind of has to be taken as a whole chunk. Um, and he's revealing that we have freedom as God's children. So the good news here is Jesus has freed us from religion into relationship with God and others. So um, while I was wrestling with this, um, I was reminded of friends of ours, of Stephen and mine, um, he mentioned them last when he to- when he spoke. Um, but these friends had seen a lot of hypocrisy in the church. Um, they saw very few people acting out their faith, um, walking out their faith, and um, in in particular, selling possessions and giving to the poor was a really big one. Um, and I know here at New Creation, we're really passionate about that. We're really passionate about um, loving and serving our neighbors here in the International District. And um, that is a really beautiful, wonderful thing. It's part of the reason why Stephen and I are here. Um, so I can imagine that we have either experienced or thought similar things in other churches who um, maybe aren't living out their faith. Um, our friends started pouring themselves over the Bible. They uh, were reading and applying everything they learned into action. Uh, they lived what they believed in a very physical way. At one point, um, my friend wore a head covering and bangles instead of a wedding ring um, because that is historically um, how she would have been separated as a, a woman who was married. Um, the only possessions they had in their really, really small house um, was absolute necessities and then anything that had spiritual value to them. So um, all of the art, movies, games, anything they owned had to be connected to God somehow. Um, and it was as if, as time went on, their getting rid of stuff, their selling of their possessions, was a way to get rid of sin. Um, Stephen and I walked with them uh, as they took verse after verse after verse, um, dissecting what it meant and applying it to their lives as best they could. Um, and it was really compelling. It looked really holy. It looked really righteous. <laughs> um, but it was also really heavy. Uh, there was no playfulness. Our relationship had become one where there was no peace or rest, or laughter. Every conversation we had with them had this crushing weight to it that, um, and this heaviness that we couldn't really escape. Um, but because it was all in this idea of like, we want to live out our faith, it, it, again, it felt righteous. It felt like, well, this is what we should be doing. Um, and I remember them saying over and over and over again, like, work out our salvation with fear and trembling. And that's what they did. They, there was a lot of fear and there was a lot of trembling. Um, and what they lived and spoke out ultimately created a lot of division um, in the church, 
uh, in their lives. Um, they ended up um, cutting themselves off from friends, family, um, community, a lot of those things. Um, wherein eventually it was kind of just me and, and Stephen that were left. And um, they were in search of what was the true church, what 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 was intended in Acts? What did Jesus want for us? Um, and eventually, they were so heavily burdened by the weight of Scripture, the weight of these laws, the weight of these things that they were trying to parse out and do, that they left the faith altogether. I believe this is what Paul is afraid of for the believers in Galatia. Um, so if we look at the context, the bad news, <laughs> um, before becoming believers in Jesus, Galatians probably worship pagan gods. Um, Paul says, formerly when you did not know God, you were slaves to those who by nature are not gods. Um, they would have done things to either appease the gods, right? To prevent punishment or to try to please the gods, um, to get their help, right? Um, and then Paul meets them, right? He preaches Jesus to them. They become believers. Um, and then as Hitomi talked about last week, in come these Jewish missionaries, um, presumably also believers in Christ. Um, and they start confusing the Galatians um, with, with what they're preaching. Because they're preaching Jesus, but they're preaching Jesus with some added requirements. Um, specifically circumcision. But also in today's text, we also hear observing special days, months, seasons and years. Um, this was probably the Sabbath um, and other celebratory holidays, things like that. So in response to that, Paul says, but now that you know God, or are rather known by God, how is it that you are turning back to those weak and miserable forces? Do you wish to be enslaved by them all over again? Um, Paul here is not equating paganism with Judaism or Messianic Judaism, um, but he is equating religion to religion. He is saying that they were previously slaves to religion, and now they are walking back into an enslavement by religion. And here, um, Paul's not talking about these Jewish practices as being bad at all. Um, in other letters and other places, we see him talk about it in very different ways. But um, he is saying that these practices can and are, for their context, being used as a form of slavery, that they are being enslaved by this. So uh, here are some three groups of people uh, that are kind of in this text. Uh, we've got the enslaved believer enslaving others. This would be the Jewish missionaries, right? Um, if they are saying that, hey, I must be circumcised, I must do, must do, do these Jewish things in order to be a follower of Jesus, they themselves are being enslaved. And then they're telling other believers, hey, you need to do these things also. Um, there's also the enslaved believer trying to find belonging. These would be the Galatian believers, right? These are the ones Paul's directly writing to. Um, and they are, they're being confused. They're like, hey, 
I thought it was just Jesus, but now these people who love Jesus are coming to me and saying I need to be doing these things, and I just want to belong. I just want to belong to the family, so I will do what I need to do to belong to the family. Uh, and then the third category is uh, the freed believer seeing others being enslaved, and that would be Paul here, right? He's calling it out. He's saying, "Hey, you are free, right? Um, be like me. Be free." <laughs> um, So Paul's addressing these Galatians, reaffirming that they're already free, they already have belonging, that they don't have to get circumcised or observe the Sabbath in order to be followers of Christ, Um, and that that way of thinking is slavery, not observing the Sabbath, right? Observing the Sabbath isn't slavery, but thinking that you have to observe the Sabbath, that's where the slavery lies. Um, But Jesus has called us to freedom, so... Here we go. Galatians 4, 4 through 5. But when the set time had fully come, God sent his son, born of a woman, born under the law, to redeem those under the law, that we might receive adoption to sonship. Go to the next one. Because you are his sons, God sent the spirit of his son into our hearts, the spirit who calls out, Abba, Father, Daddy. You You are no longer a slave, but God's child. And since you are his child, God has made you also an heir. He's reaffirming their identity, saying here, he's already redeemed you. (laughs) He's already set you free. That's the same message for us. He's already redeemed us. He's already set us free. We're already children of God. In church culture, I think we often overlook the depth of what the word redeem means. Um, And so the Old Testament scholar Sandra Richter says this about redeem. In Israel's tribal society, redemption was the act of a patriarch who put his own resources on the line to ransom a family member who had been driven to the margins of society by poverty, who had been seized by an enemy against who he had no defense, who found themselves enslaved by the consequences of a faithless life. Redemption was the means by which a lost family member was restored to a place of security within the kinship circle. Let's breathe that in for a minute. (laughs) Jesus has redeemed us, right? He has um, put his own resources on the line, his own life. He's ransomed us. He has brought us back into the family, into a restored place of security. We are secure in this relationship. This is the good news. So Jesus has freed us from religion into relationship with him, and not just him, but also his family. We are family. So my question for us today is, which of these groups of people are we? Are we the enslaved believer enslaving others? I think sometimes we can accidentally find ourselves here. Are we the enslaved believer trying to find belonging? Are we the freed believer seeing others being enslaved? I know for me, I have been all three of these. Um, Heck, I was the enslaved believer trying to find a belonging today as I was working on this, right? I think in different contexts, we can find ourselves in different categories. Um, 
Uh, with our friends, they were both the enslavers and the enslaved. Um, though they didn't realize it. They didn't intend to hurt the way that they hurt others, and particularly us. Um, there was a feeling of judgment anytime they would come over to our house if we hadn't sold everything, if we had possessions that in their mind were frivolous, um, simply because we weren't doing what they were doing. And they were really passionate about following the letter of the law. Um, so do we do that too? Just maybe in a different context. Um, are we expecting others to follow us instead of follow Jesus? As believers, I think we can sometimes get sucked into believing that we should be doing something in order to have a seat at the family table. Are we reading our Bible enough? Are we having quiet time every day? Are we serving the church? Are we tithing a specific amount of money? Are we selling our possessions and giving to the poor? Are other people doing these things? None of these things are bad. I would even say that these things are really, really good things to do. Um, but are we letting these things enslave us? Are we forgetting the freedom we have as children of God? Are we forgetting the freedom others have as children of God? Just because we feel called in a particular direction, just because we have certain convictions, does not mean that our neighbor next to us does, that our brother or sister in Christ does. This is where listening to the Holy Spirit's really important, right? Um, there, there are two stories where Jesus sends out his disciples um, to go preach, and in the first one, he says, don't bring anything, right? And in the second one, he says, bring everything, including a sword. Same people, different context. And I think that we sometimes can look at the Bible or we can look at, you know, the law, the scriptures, and we can go, hey, this is what God said in this one moment. It must apply all the time to everyone forever. Um, but I think with the Holy Spirit, we can then have that relationship with God. We can say, hey, Dad, what do you want me to do today? Hey, Dad, I kind of want to go this direction. Can I go this direction? Um, with uh, marrying Stephen, uh, I asked God as we were dating, I was like, okay, God, what do you want me to do? Do you want me to date him? Do you want me to, like, what, what's going on? He's like, what do you, what do you want to do? And I was like, I want to marry him. And he was like, okay. <laughs> like, that was, that was how that conversation went. And, and we got married. So, you know, I, there's, there's this beautiful father-child relationship here that we have access to. Um, and so <clears throat> I want to end. <laughs> wow, this is way shorter than I thought it was going to be, actually. I'm going to end with um, what Paul says at the, end of or at the beginning of Galatians 5. It is for freedom that Christ has set us free. Stand firm then and do not let yourselves be burdened, burdened again by a yoke of slavery. Um, which reminded me of what Jesus says in Matthew eleven twenty eight. 28. He says, come to me, all you who are weary and burdened, and I will give you rest. Take my yoke upon you and learn from me, for I am gentle and humble in heart, and you will find rest for your souls. For my yoke is easy 
and my burden is light. This is our Jesus. If we're finding ourselves heavy burdened by life or by what we feel like we should be doing, or if we think we aren't good enough or clean enough, or if we think we're not going to give a very good sermon or let the church body down, this is our Jesus. Let's go to this Jesus. It's this Jesus and his spirit, our intimate and beautiful relationship with him that enables us to have wonderful relationships with others, with our family and our neighbors. It is this Jesus that we can stand firm on and with. So family, it is for freedom you have been set free. Let us breathe in that freedom. Continue to love one another and come to the table in the confidence that we are children of God. I'm going to pray for us. Jesus, thank you so much for today. <sighs> thank you that, that that went all right. Thanks, Holy Spirit, for doing your awesomeness and uh, for accepting me as I am. Thank you uh, that you have given us this precious relationship, this wonderful oneship with you and with the body. Thank you that you are our healer and our redeemer. Thank you that we do not have to whip ourselves with the scriptures because you took the whippings for us. I pray that we would walk forward, confident in that freedom. I pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen.